my father, who had financially supported me in my entire life, while I was the middle way going through school at NYU, which is arguably one of the most expensive private schools in the country, went from being a multimillionaire and extremely wealthy man to basically losing everything. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, friends. We talk a lot here about financial planning, financial stability, financial freedom, all that stuff. For some of us, we get to delay the really big stuff, like massive tuition bills, until later in life, thanks to support from our parents. So we are able to focus on our dreams and ambitions and not the bills. So cool, except when that plan falls apart. Welcome everyone, new listeners, glad you discovered us. I wanna personally invite you to be part of our community. Learn more on my website, bobbyrebel.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, get the show notes with all the links of everything we talk about. And this is new, by the way, even transcripts of the show. You can also check out the fun promo videos that we create for every episode. Let's get to our guest who thankfully was able to come up with a backup plan very fast and get back on track with her dreams and ambitions after life threw her a curveball. Ashley Sumner is the co-founder, along with Gianna Wurzel of Quilt, a platform that connects female entrepreneurs in a very innovative way. And we get into some very specific details in this episode of how it all works. This is not Ashley's first company. She actually started a matchmaking company at the ripe old age of 24. More recently, she paid off her student loans. There's so much more you are going to want to know about this incredible and inspiring woman. Here is Ashley Sumner. Hey, Ashley Sumner, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Bobby. You are the co-founder of a very cool company that I'm fascinated by called Quilt. It is a tech platform, so it's a technology company, but it's actually all about connecting people in real life. Yes, that's right. We are a tech platform. Um, We power our hosts together community in their homes, whether it's for kind of topic-driven conversation, education sessions, co-working, or interviews around the country and make money doing it. Which sounds amazing. By the way, I do want to give a quick thank you, shout out to our mutual friend, Melanie Lockhart, who you spoke actually at the Lola conference, which is all about connecting women in real life. So Melanie actually is the reason that we are connected. Let's talk about your money story. It has to do with your college years, and so many people can relate to figuring out how to pay for college, but that was actually ironically not something that you could relate to when you started college until something happened. What is your money story, Ashley? Yes, it's definitely not the lesson I thought I was was going to be learning during those formative years. I can say that I'm very grateful for my upbringing. You know, my family worked very hard, we're entrepreneurs, and we had a very financially stable life. My father, who had financially supported me in my entire life, while I was the middle way going through school at NYU, which is arguably one of the most expensive private schools in the country, went from being a multimillionaire and extremely wealthy man to basically losing everything. Well, so just quickly, I, what had happened? Yeah. Was he in an industry that changed? 
Yeah, he's a land developer. You know, he's um, an interest. He's a, has a fascinating story. He kind of grew up with nothing, ran away from home, built up his entire career, learned this real estate trade and land development, moved west. One of the kind of first guys to go out and and build land. And I think during the crash, during the financial crash. Um, while I was at school in 2008, everything changed and it really wasn't kind of prepared for it. He's actually since rebuilt himself up. So his story is is a fascinating one financially as well. But it was definitely... That's a relief to hear. Yeah. So you went to college with basically the understanding that you were not focused on financing your own college. It was going to be paid for, but I take it there wasn't actual money in an account that was separated. Yeah, exactly. He was going to pay for the entirety of it. That was a huge part of my decision actually to go and be a musical theater major because everybody knows you you don't really graduate diving into a six-figure salary. And yeah, that was a huge shift that took place a couple of, of years in right while I was gearing up to start auditioning. So what was the talk like? What happened? Did you just get a phone call one day that, honey, the money that we set aside for your college... I need to use it to rebuild my business? Or was it a gradual process? What was it like? It was kind of an ongoing conversation. I mean, I saw him struggle quite a bit. And I've always been very grateful for his capacity to show up and financially support me throughout all of you know my dreams, a very precocious child with lots of very big dreams to move to New York City from this small town. It was something that had been happening year over year, and he really did try to continue to show up and support me. And it was really more towards the end when I was graduating and trying to finalize my final year and where I was going to live and what I was going to start doing that we kind of came to an understanding that it it was time. And I had this weird kind of desire to also, I knew that it was time to learn, learn how to take care of myself. It was terrifying. But I also knew that it was it was one of those things that I just trusted was going to really teach me some of the foundational things that I needed to know that I honestly believe are the reason why I'm here today as a, a founder and have been able to raise money and, and do some of the things that I've, I'm so grateful to be able to do. One of the things I love is the next part of the story, which is rather than just getting a job, you really work towards starting a business. I did. Yeah, I am definitely scrappy and the daughter of entrepreneurs. I can say that. I figured out that I had a knack in sales, but not just any sales in the space of matchmaking. So I had started at a startup in the matchmaking space and, and ultimately went on to have my own with some partners. And yeah, it was just a skill that I had. You you needed very little to get started outside of a, an ability to meet with and connect with people and listen to their needs and provide that value. And that's very much the beginning of my community development career, which has led me to my passion and purpose in helping others connect. Because like, we're going to go back and talk about more about Quilt, but it does make sense because you're matchmaking. Instead of romantic matchmaking, you're actually matchmaking for different kinds of relationships. And I do want to just touch on the fact that while you were doing this, first working for somebody, but then very much an entrepreneurial venture, you still kept auditioning. And I think that's really inspiring because it shows people that you don't have to just give up one dream to focus on another dream. They can go together. Absolutely. And I mean, you were able to do both. Yeah, we're in the hy- you know, hyphen, hyphen, hyphen. And I've, I've been very proud of the multitude, I think, of starting off as soft skills and now hard skills that I've always had an ability, I think, to architect. We can architect the way we want our lives to be. And we don't need to kind of follow any traditional um, step-by-step or climbing a ladder. And I'm grateful that my parents taught me that. You've been able to do a lot of multitasking and multi, I don't even know what the right word is, but you're... <laughs> 
you're perfect for the gig economy. So what would the lesson be for our listeners from this? Because you had a lot happening as you were moving through your final year at NYU. I think so much of having debt, which I was under the weight of until six months ago, is the head trash that comes along with it. I think there's a lot of shame and judgment and guilt around having that and seeing that there. And there really are a lot of, I don't need to bore you with you know all, all of the ways that are out there, the practical ways that you can kind of chip off um, and, and get above water and start to breathe again. But I think kind of the mental game that it can play on you if you don't learn how to let go and understand that it's just a day by day, month by month, year by year planning you know, that's kind of my tip, which is don't make it worse by also being so hard on yourself. I think a lot of us not only judge other people, but judge ourselves too harshly. Yeah, absolutely. I am my harshest critic and was very ashamed to even share it with anyone. It kind of felt a little bit like an imposter or a fraud in, in having it. But every time I looked at it, my reframe was like, those choices helped me get to where I am today. And I'm so happy where I am today. So otherwise, you know, who knows if I hadn't take that risk, if it, if it wouldn't have led to now. And now you're very money savvy. You have an everyday money tip to share that I also use, but I'm going to let you share it because I think it's so genius. It really gives you almost an adrenaline high, I think, when it works. Yeah, you know, I have to give our head of product kudos for this, who teaches me all of those like tech savvy things. But I've recently moved and I've recently learned about the abandoned cart method. When you're buying certain things online, just like leave them in the cart, walk away, go have a bite, you know, go for a workout. And then you come back and there's a miraculous little discount code hanging out in your inbox. So I think I've saved about $500 in the past few days on all of the new items that are on its way to my home. So tell me more about Quilt. Quilt is a tech platform, but it's really about, as I said, connecting in real life. How did you even come up with the concept and how can people get involved? Of course. I met my business partner, Gianna Wurzel, a few years ago. I was a community developer at large brands in the membership space and, and building out massive physical spaces, you know, 100,000 square foot spaces. She was very passionate about supporting female entrepreneurs and creating environments that they could connect and thrive in. And when we met, we really aligned on a desire to use technology not to replace offline connection, but facilitate it. Um, and we both felt very passionate about how much space matters and how much small groups of individuals matter so that everybody feels like comfortable, like they can have a voice and they can ask questions. So today we are in LA and New York, and we've been testing all of these other cities. We have these city organizer ambassador programs that are launching on training community building. And that's really how we're kind of choosing the next city that we're going to be in. So really, if you want to host... If you want to attend or you want to apply to help build community alongside of us, whether LA or New York or San Francisco or Atlanta or DC, we've had so many women writing in from all over. That's really the best way to get involved today. So how does it actually work? Walk us through the process. Yeah. So if you're a guest, essentially you go to wearequilt.com. You can see a calendar of hundreds of gatherings in different cities, whether it's 9am for a chat or the middle day for co-working or an evening interview from an expert or an education session on the weekends, you can literally see and read through all of the hosts offerings. Um, and you can pay per gathering. So anywhere from you know $9 to $50 per gathering, depending on the time and kind of what that offering is. And then you show up to that woman's home and um, and you sit there and you learn or you work or you or you chat and you basically can keep showing up and, and keep 
attending. Um, if you want to be a host, you can apply and you'll go through our onboarding process and have access to our host portal to be able to decide what is that thing that you want to open your home for. And we're completely here to help you market your home, figure out what pictures are right, how to communicate your skills and really help women step into their power of celebrating the gifts that they have to offer and how to market themselves. And so the hosts offer, do they offer Wi-Fi? Do they offer food and drink? How does it work? And do they get a share of the profits, I assume, the revenue? They do. They get a share of the revenue. They primarily get, they mostly, they get most of it outside of service fees um, and charging fees on our platform. And also when, if it's co-working, there's amenities list. So you can say dog or cat may be present. You say Wi-Fi, coffee will be on. There's a private meeting room. There's a table you can sit down on, a backyard you can pace in. I'm a, I'm a stand and talk pacing person when I have conversations. So all of that is in there for co-working specifically. Usually starts with a 30-minute kind of come together, hear what everybody's up to, post what they're going to get done for that day. So it's a really accountable and productive time, probably in a three or four-hour increment. Um, one of the main products that has done really well on our platform and really been the foundation to our community has been these one hour chats. So they'll come together and have a circle conversation with a guided set of questions around whether it's money or leadership or desire. They kind of pick that topic and they follow this guide and really awaken a conversation among the community. And that's everywhere from, you know, 21 year olds, first job, all the way up to 67 year old retirees and everyone in between coming together and really sharing where they're at in their journey and how to support one another. You're onto something really, really big, Ashley. Where can people be in touch with you and find out more, all your socials, all that stuff? Yes. We are quilt is our handle. Wearequilt.com is our website. And on there, if you do want to apply to be a city organizer and, and come learn alongside of us how to build community for, for yourself and for Quilt, the application is there. You can also apply to host there. And if you want to reach out and, and chat with us directly, um, you can just email hello at wequilt.com. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. Okay, my friends, Ashley dropped a lot of information for us to digest. Here is my take. Financial grown-up tip number one, Ashley talked about the shame of debt. The reality is that debt can be a way to accomplish goals. So if you have debt for a good reason, and I'm not talking about excessive shopping sprees and all that stereotypical stuff, but I'm talking about good stuff. In her case, paying for a great college education. As Ashley says, get rid of the mental trash. Do not be ashamed. If it's your thing to talk about it externally, to socialize it, to talk to people about it, because you know, for some people, accountability can really motivate you to pay it off faster or to figure out the right plan for you. But it's also okay to be something that you don't talk about. It doesn't have to be everyone's business. Not everything about your finances for sure needs to be public. It's okay to keep it private. Financial grown-up tip number two, be sensitive and aware of what is happening financially to your parents, as is appropriate, at the appropriate age, however you define it, and also, of course, to other members of your family, your generation, and other generations. Ashley was so gracious in speaking about her father's experiences. Wealth is not always consistent. We'd like it to be. We can do things in our control to create financial stability, but sometimes, well, a recession hits as happened, or an investment just doesn't perform as you had hoped and has all the research and how all the research had implied it would work. Or a business is simply struggling. Things go through cycles. Life is messy, as they say. 
If your parents or members of your family can help you, maybe it's grandparents, maybe it's aunts, uncles, siblings, whatever, say thank you. But for the times that they can't, be there for them in the way that makes sense for your family. One way to protect your investments is to stay up on the news. I am on a mission along with my co-host, Joseph Sihai from Stacking Benjamins with my new podcast, Money in the Morning. We want to help the financial grown-up community learn from the latest headlines, take tidbits of information, and turn it into things that you can do to live a richer life. So please check out Money in the Morning with, as I mentioned, myself and my co-host, Joe Saul Sihai. Big thanks to Ashley Sumner of Quilts, everyone check it out, for helping us all get one step closer to being financial grown-ups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.